It's a privilege for me to stand and minister the word of God this morning. And I appreciate the grace of our father, Pastor Reuter, who is not around today. So I stand here based on his uh, delegated authority. Thank you. So it's good to see all of you, and I trust we're ready. And so, once again, uh, my thanks to our Father Pastor Reuter and Mrs. Reuter um, for their work here. And I trust the Lord will speak to, to us in uh, his own way. So today, um, let's... Um, go to the main verse, and that is taken from Philippians chapter 3, uh, starting from verse 8, and I'm using the New King James Version. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of things, of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the res resurrection from the dead. And Daniel 11, verse 32, a very common scripture, it's just an extract, says, and, and such as violate the covenant, he shall pervade, and seduce with themselves strong, and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. And that's the Amplified Classic. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful this morning for the privilege to look into the perfect law of liberty, and thank you that your presence is with us, and thank you that you have prepared all of us for this uh, interaction to hear the heartbeat of your heart this morning. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. The topic of discussion this morning is not something that is new. Uh, this is something that we've been taught, and this is something that is so familiar to all of us. But I trust the Lord will bring uh, possibly a thrust, a different thrust to our understanding concerning the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Because every day is a new day. And every voice that comes to us from God comes also with its own freshness for that particular day. So we, we cannot actually say, I know this. I know about the knowledge of God. So what is this man talking about? You see? So maturity in our Christian growth is not necessarily 
how full our head bank is with biblical knowledge. I hope you understand that. You, you can be somebody who, whose brain or whose head bank is full of Bible knowledge, but you actually do not know God. And to amaze you that even Satan himself has got Bible knowledge more than some believers. He was able to quote and have, he was able to quote scriptures in his discussion with the Lord Jesus Christ, trying to convince him to do a particular thing and was able to quote from scriptures very accurately, but very crafty. Okay, so when somebody's filled with Bible knowledge, that is not equal to the knowledge of God. So maturity in our lives as believers is not measured by how much knowledge we have accumulated. Because the knowledge of God is not an academic exercise. You can graduate from Bible college and yet not know God. Are we together? So it's stunning that the devil can quote scriptures. But the, the issue is, what spirit is sponsoring such knowledge? And even the knowledge of God is, is not necessarily what we accumulate. But it is an experiential reality for us as men to be in an intimate and relational setting with our Creator. So, I'm trying to find some exact word to project what I really want to say. It's not something that you, you venture and undertake activities so that you come to know God. God reveals himself to you. God reveals himself to us in Christ. And Christ is the voice of the Father even now. So maturity in Christ is not the measure of the knowledge that we have accumulated in the head. It's measured by the knowledge of God which is operational in our lives. And so, in speaking that point, so the knowledge of God is something that is progressive. You grow in the knowledge of God. It's something progressive. Okay? It's not one level to the other, but I would want to say it's from one dimension to the other. So you grow in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So it's a journey of discovery. That's the knowledge of God. It's a journey of discovery in which God Almighty unveils himself as one spirit substance with man. So there can never be the knowledge of God without the reference to man. Because the knowledge of God is an exclusive reality or a pleasurable reality for man. Even when we talk about eternal life, there cannot be eternal life 
without man. If God exists as God himself, there's no need for eternal life because eternal life is to know God. So God is not on a journey to know himself. So he has placed eternal life in our hearts that we may be on that journey of intimacy to know him, to know his desires, to know his love, to know his kindness and to experience his goodness. And all that now should begin to radiate in our lives. So the knowledge of God should operate in our lives and is seen as a demonstrated love in our midst and to one another. Amen. That is why the Bible says, if you say you love God, how come is it that you hate your brother? So the fact that you hate your brother is evidence enough that you do not know God because the knowledge of God is seen Hallelujah. Why do we hate one another? And you know, most people who hate others, they should ask themselves, are they important to that person? Because they're wasting time. Are you important to the person you hate? It's like there's no correlation. So let the knowledge of God flow in your life. Amen. So it's not an academic exercise because you, we we're going to have big-headed Christians. But the, the, heart, the, the desire of God is to have big-hearted Christians. Praise the Lord. You cannot go to an institution, a learning institution, for them to impart knowledge of the heart. It's always the knowledge of the mind. So... The knowledge of God cannot also be understood without the new birth. So and to contextualize this uh, to the new birth that we are in Christ. When we say we are born from above, when we say we are the new creation, what does that mean? So the new birth is a mystical experience that captures the fusion of God and man as a spirit substance. When you were born again, there is something that happened that you never knew at, this, at that time. You were conveyed in a fusion with God, where God became man and man became God in Christ Jesus. So, being born again, or being born from above, is not something that starts here on earth. It's something that was in the mind of God even before eternity was born. Hallelujah. Do you know that eternity is a created entity? We speak about time as something that is limited, but even eternity from without a beginning to without an end was also created. Because it's, it's, it's a created thing from God. So there is a place that gave birth to eternity. And that place is a personality. 
And that place is where we were before eternity was birthed. So when you are born again, you are taken back to the place of origin. And that place of origin that gave birth to eternity and that place where we were, it's Christ Jesus our Lord. So that place is a personality. So when you are born again, it means you are conveyed to your place of origin where you were before time began. May I hear an amen to that? Remember Jesus Christ had the discussion with the Father in the heavens. There was a discussion. He says, a body have prepared for me. Lord, I've come to do your will. A body have prepared for me. So he was referring to the body of his flesh before he entered it. So before you were born, actually the Bible says God experienced you. So how can you experience an entity that is non-existent? So you actually existed before you were born and you chose the parents to which you were born yourself. It's only that our memory cannot capture that. Yes, because you were so one with God and you never had any scintilla of disobedience. So the mind of God is what you cooperated with. And the choice of God, your choice was the choice of God. And the choice of God was your choice. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God has determined the boundaries, but we cooperated with him. How come Mary was singled out? Because God had chosen her. Okay, Christ had chosen Joseph and Mary. I trust you can catch that frequency so that you understand the knowledge of God. Okay, so no wonder, First Timothy chapter 3, I'll still come to our scriptures, but First Timothy chapter 3 <clears throat> talks about the mystery of godliness. Okay, the mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It, it captures that uh, experience of Christ. But that experience of Christ is not without us. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in, in glory. He was received up in glory. Now we existed in Christ. Now there's a difference, Jesus and Christ. When he was walking on the shores of Galilee, that was Jesus as man. But there was an internal spiritual configuration called Christ in him. Are we together? In him you existed. So how many have raised the dead before? How many have raised the dead before? Like I can tell you, you raised the dead when you were here. <laughs> the Bible says, 
accept these things and God will give you understanding. <laughs> Not that have understanding and then you accept them. <laughs> it's the other way. Okay? So, please understand that. So, here's what Paul captures by the Spirit. And this, we are included also. Okay? It's something that, that is beyond the forgiveness of sins. To some people, salvation is just the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, I, I want to encourage you. There is life beyond the cross. Amen. There is life beyond the cross. When you are at the cross, you deal with sin. You deal with weaknesses. But in resurrection, there is a life. There is immortality. There's power. And that is what Paul wanted to know. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Because the resurrection gives us an identity which flesh cannot explain in natural terms. So you and I, the humility that we can actually demonstrate is to accept the definitions of God concerning who we are in Christ. A gospel that gives you an inferiority complex with regards to Christ is not a gospel. A gospel that makes you any less than Christ is not a gospel. Because our conveyance is in Christ. Our full identity is Christ. Amen. Your surname is Christ. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So everything about you is what? Christ. Christ within me. Christ above me. Christ beneath me. Christ on my left. Christ on my right. I'm immersed in him. I'm fused in him. It's an indivisible union that I have with God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So the knowledge of God is a revelation of the Father. When he reveals, when he unravels himself, what we see, we see ourselves there. Hallelujah. We sing a song, he unravels himself. He unravels himself, yes, with a melody. But what we see, we see ourselves in him. And that is very critical. May I hear an amen? So the goal of the gospel is not heaven, but the Father. There is a difference between Adam and ourselves. Christ did not come to bring us back to Adam. He came to bring us beyond Adam. The Bible which you are holding in your hand says Adam was of the earth. But Christ, the last Adam, was heavenly, his Lord from heaven. I'm sure there's a difference. Adam is referred to as a living soul. The last Adam that we are in Christ is referred to as a life-giving spirit. You don't have to be intelligent to know this difference. There's a difference between a living soul and a life-giving spirit. So our identity is not Adam. Our identity is the last Adam Christ. Because when you talk about the image of God, the image of God is that which fully hosts God. 
It's the fullness of God bodily. Adam never had the fullness of God bodily. He had visitations of God. God used to visit him. It was an external experience. But we, the last Adam, we have the habitation of God. God dwells within us. He dwells with all his fullness in us. So we can image him because we are the image. Adam was created in the image of God. But we are the image of God. Those are theological questions. But I hope we understand, eh? I trust we understand. So Adam was created to become. So the knowledge of Adam was supposed to make him to become the final plan of God. But our knowledge, ourselves, is retroactive. Meaning, we need to know the knowledge is configured in such a way that it's a knowledge of the past that helps us to understand the present and shape the future. So the knowledge of God is an exploration of who we are in God, how we became who we are. You explore how you became in Christ. Do you see the difference? So you don't get to know God so that you become. You get to know God to know who you are in him, in Christ. Is that advanced mathematics? May the Lord bless us so amen. So the new creation that we are is the fullness of God. And we, we are not becoming Christ. We have become Christ, one spirit, one baptism in him. And because we know him, we need to learn to hear his voice. How many heard God speak to them today? Okay, there was no one. Okay, so if, 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 if God never spoke to you, it means you are not his sheep. Let me demonstrate something here. I'm married, eh? Sorry, I don't have the... It fell off. It fell off. It will be replaced. I'm married to Abigail. Abigail is a very beautiful girl who is my wife. She knows my voice. She knows my heartbeat. And God has also helped me to understand her better to the extent that I can tell her what dream she had and interpret the dream without her telling me. Yeah, it's true. That's powerful synchronization. It's beyond the quantum physics. So I wanted to get permission so that I'm not embarrassed. So, my wife Abigail, I want you to blindfold yourself. And since you know me, you, you know, I, I, we, you should get to know your, your beloved that even when they cough, you know this is my husband or this is my father. When my dad used to, he's just coughing. 
I knew that is him. Okay, so I'm going to blindfold. Should I, can you blindfold yourself? Okay, just there. Ah, I want you to still breathe, eh? We don't want uh, medical emergencies. Okay, let's do this. Okay, at least, eh? Okay. Are you able to, to hear me? Who am I? Who am I? Okay, okay. Can you take six steps in front? Okay, one step behind. One step behind. <laughs> okay, as you are, go one step in front. Okay, turn to your left. One step in front. Okay, now go back one step again. Okay, are you able to see me? Three steps in front to your left. Okay, turn to your left. 90 degrees. <laughs> left. Okay. Sit down. Abigail, stand up. Abigail, come. Stop. Come, Abigail, come. Abigail, turn to your left. Abigail, six steps to the front. No, Abigail, wait. Stop. Abigail, stop. Abigail, come. Turn around. Abigail, come. Abigail, come to your left. There's money here. <laughs> Turn. <laughs> Abigail, come. Just come straight. In the knowledge of Christ, I command you to turn around. Abigail, the man is still waiting for you. Stop. Turn to your left. Okay, stand. Stop. You can lift your hands now. Can you stretch your right hand forward? You can stretch the other hand too. Okay, you can clap for my wife. <laughs> what do we learn here? How many voices were there? Three, Three eh? Was she seeing me? But was she able to hear my voice? But were there other competing voices still? Why was she able to single out my voice? Because there were voices, eh? Why? She knows me. So if you do not hear God, what does that mean? It means you don't know him. See, it's simple. There is no intimacy and relationship because you only begin to get the voice of somebody you're close to. So we cannot relinquish the voice of God to something inanimate. 
No, the voice of God is living and active. Hallelujah. So begin to hear God as a new creation. When the Lord brings us to himself, he takes away the veil. <clears throat> it's for that purpose that he has given us the Holy Spirit, who guides us in every way. Now, when the Holy Spirit gives us a voice, there are other voices which are sweet. As you heard, there were promises of money. Come here, come here. But she kept on following the first voice. May it be your blessedness to hear the first voice of the Spirit. In every situation, Isaiah 30, I think verse 21, I may not quote it exactly, but there's a scripture that says you will hear your voice, a voice from behind. It will tell you, turn to the left, turn to the right, keep moving forward. Why? That is the configuration of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. So God is still speaking. God speaks. There is there's nowhere in the Bible where it is written that Mary, Sister Jane, or buy this type of trousers. We depend on the Holy Spirit to do certain daily things, get daily directions, the steps we need to take in order for him to take us where he needs to take us. May you be in tune. If the guitar is not tuned, it doesn't give a good resonance. Eh? So may you, your spiritual ears be tuned that you may hear the voice of God. And the voice of God is very comforting. It's very loving. He is very corrective as well. But it's not condemning. Praise the Lord. So, we are also to learn to receive his transformative grace and mercy which are all available to us. Hebrews chapter, chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed into heavens, he has passed through the heavens. You are going to heaven, but he has passed through the heavens. You are going to heaven, but he has passed through the heavens. I want to provoke you. Because the gospel should bring you to the Father. Where the Father is, that settles the equation. Amen. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So there are times we may not have listened to the voice of God, all because of maybe diminished knowledge of God. But God still stretches his hands and says, come. So he's not condemning anyone. Don't relegate yourself to judgment. 
Your sin was judged in Christ. Do not run away from the Father. Do not run away from God. Sometimes we get so much condemned because of the wrong things we have done. But I want you to hear that even in that situation, there is God who says my grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. The grace of God is sufficient. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. When we are before God, we need to have boldness. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. Our sins were judged in Christ. But the judgment that he gives us is a judgment of oneness, no separation with God. No sense of separation, no sense of inferiority, and no sense of superiority. It's a Christ consciousness which takes from oneness with our Father. So come to the throne of grace. The mercy of God is available to you. Amen. Many times it's difficult to worship because of what we have gone through. But the mercy of God is available to all of us. To all of us. So receive grace. This grace is available to all. It's free of charge. First of all, our right standing with God is a gift. His strength for us to move on is also a gift. Do not allow voices that will sidetrack you from the path that God has marked for you. Learn to hear the voice of God, even in the midst of calamity. Even in the times of COVID, there is a voice of God in the crisis. I know scientists have spoken, have spoken, but you know also scientists are also prophets. They prophesy. So learn to distinguish these things. You don't just accept everything that scientists will tell you. There is a voice of God that is above scientific discoveries. I'm not saying don't go and get a job because I'm job. That's not my point. Are we together? But don't confine yourself to something that is outside the knowledge of God. Accept the report of the Lord. Thank God for the doctors. But doctors are also limited. But doctors can give you a death sentence. But the report of God can actually rise above what they say, yes, it is true. Believe in the intervention of God. Believe in the divine intervention of God. When you know God, you will be many people out, even in the midst of crisis. Our meditations are different. Many people have died and so on. And so, but let me tell you, our meditations are different. The Bible says the spirit of man keeps him even in the time of his death. But when there's no way to apply to that situation, that situation can overtake people. So I want to encourage you, don't accept any situation subjected to the knowledge of God. The Bible says we need to actually confront the thoughts that actually stand against the knowledge of God. Speak the word. If you don't know the word, go to the Bible. 
the Holy Spirit will lead you. Speak that voice. Speak to the situation. Speak to the mountain. Speak to COVID. Speak to sickness. The voice that comes from your mouth, which is the word of God, is exactly the way would speak, God would speak it. It has the same power. So learn to speak to your situations. May I hear an amen? amen. You know, the Bible says women receive their dead husbands from death. They refused. My husband cannot die. And they received their husbands from death. Dorcas died in the Bible, it's written. And she was ready to go and be buried. What happened for her to come back to life? There are women who, says no, who said, no. This woman has done a lot. There is no way she can just be buried. We need her life. May we have women of that caliber. Not women who come and just discourage in every situation. You know, discouragement, there's, discouragement is all over. Even when I'm speaking, others are, say, are picking something. Others say, ah, in Sapatonayo, you are black. <laughs> the trousers is green. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There are discouragements all over, you know. <coughs> but that shows everything you pick out negative. You cannot be looking at your friend and everything you pick out negatives, everything you pick out negative. It means you, you eat from the pot of negativity. Change your diets in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> everything kwamba bantu. You have to speak about someone. Because at least when you speak about someone, you feel some satiety, eh? some satisfaction. Because if you have not spoken about someone else, you feel something, you know? Economists, there is what they call marginal utility. The satisfaction that is derived in the consumption of one more unit of a product. So one more kwamba you get satisfaction. One more, speaking about someone, then you get satisfaction. It means you are carnal. And Paul says, I'm not speaking to you as mature. I'm speaking to you as babies because I can see divisions. And where the divisions and quarrelings, there is no knowledge of God. But there's what is called the excellence of knowing God. Where you look at your neighbor, you see Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and see Christ. <laughs> no, truly so. Now, go beyond your neighbor. Look at the person you don't like. Begin to see Christ. <laughs> okay, if you cannot, now, look, look, if you cannot, if that person is not here, imagine them. Bring them before your eyes. And begin to speak Christ. See Christ, speak Christ and do whatever you can do as if you are doing it unto Christ. Because the knowledge of God should operate in us as the love of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Are we going to continue divisions? Because the Father is so much at work in all of us. Amen. You know, scientists will tell us, this 
So much energy that is exerted, exerted in negativity. But when you begin to smile, you also, you, you look young. So my point is, the frequency of God is in dimensions. So the more you know God, you stand a good chance of experiencing the goodness of God that is available to all of us. I can't leave out the scripture, but it says, when you obey me, in fact, uh, you'll be loved by, loved by my father. Maybe you can search for that. It's a book of John, which talks about, yes, God loves us, but when we experience his intimacy, there's another dimension of love that we are able to experience. So, yes, God loves us equally, but our experience of his love is an exclusive entity to those who are in, in an intimate relationship with him. Praise the Lord. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my life. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my life, just as the Father, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Continue. Possibly that could be. Okay, continue. I, I, th I think you can just go and do homework. So there is, there is that dimension that you're able to experience because you, 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 you are a, a conduit that allows the river of God to flow in you. So you, you experience an exclusive love of God. So get to know God. You know God from his word, by his spirit. Not just accumulation of knowledge. So that God conveys you into, into that. Amen. So there's so much. Let me just uh, read something that uh, of the letter that uh, Pastor Reuter and Mom had written. Uh, just an excerpt to that. Uh, I think it's the last paragraph. This is what, uh, okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll read uh, so We can only fully, this is uh, just almost the uh, fourth last somewhere. We can only fully appreciate our calling as God's beloved children when we understand the role of our savior, the son of the living God. Whatever Christ has accomplished in this world, he has done so for us. He brought us salvation so that we too can be sons of God. God wants us to be joint heirs with Christ and rule with him in his kingdom. Now you cannot rule with God if you don't know him. I'm coming to that. We must no longer guess about the intentions of our God. We must study them and own them by faith already here and now. It says already here and now. Don't postpone the, your blessedness in Christ. Hold them as yours in the here and now. I hope you read this from, it was sent yesterday to all of us. 
unless you're outside coverage area. God's revelations are crystal clear. Take time to meditate about this revelation of God's plan for our lives. Appreciate Christ, the Father's most wonderful gift to all of us. Pastor Hemat and Mrs. Esther Reuter. So that's just an excerpt of what they actually told us. So don't postpone your blessedness. The kingdom of God is not something that will come physically. Now we have seen the kingdom. The kingdom of God is a rulership of God in the lives of his people. So the kingdom of God is here now in our midst and in our lives. But the manifestation of the kingdom depends on our cooperation with God's plan. Let me read First uh, Corinthians. 15, 23. Now listen to this, please, because it's very important. Very, very important. I'll qualify it. But each one in his own rank and ten. Christ the Messiah is the first fruits, then those who are Christ's own will be resurrected at his coming. After that comes the end. After that comes the end, the completion. When he delivers over the kingdom of God the Father after rendering inoperative. Now, this is the end. The end of all things is this, that Christ is going to deliver the kingdom of God to the Father. Are we together? He will deliver the kingdom, his rulership, to the Father. Father, I've finished everything. Here is the kingdom. But after something has happened, what is that? Listen to that. When he delivers over the kingdom, the kingdom to God, the Father, after rendering inoperative and abolishing every other rule, every other rule, there are things that are true, there are authorities that are true, so they must be abolished through his body. And every authority and power, for Christ must be king and reign until he has put, I'll bring you back to enemies under his feet. I'll bring you back to the book of Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. I hope it was captured there, chapter 2. It says, he have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. So he left nothing that is not put under him, meaning everything is what? Put under him, according to the knowledge of God. Now listen to this. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. He put all things under him, but yet now we see not all things put under him. But the father said, my son, sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies under your footstool. But he's using the church. The church is his body to bring all these authorities and rules and powers that are not in conformity with the kingdom of God under his feet, meaning we must rule with the iron rod of Christ on earth over circumstances that do not conform to the will of God. 
So if you are running away and shunning away from that, it means you're not in sync with the plan of God. The plan of God is that he's going to use the church as a vehicle to unleash his power and authority here on earth. But the church, mostly we don't know what we have. I can tell you, my brothers and sisters, the Bible is clear, as we are going to see, Christ has already brought us to his glory. He was even praying, there's a scripture there, you can read it in your own time. He was praying, Father, now I have given them the glory which you gave me before time began. And Hebrews 2 and 10 says, he has brought many sons to glory. That is what should be our standpoint to release authority and his rule over circumstances here on earth. But it takes the knowledge of God for us to begin to use what God has made available to all of us. So may God open our eyes this day. Amen. May God open your eyes that you may begin to rule and reign in Christ. But in that, you must receive the grace of God. You must grow in the knowledge of God. You must grow in the grace that God has made available. Don't shy away. His grace is sufficient for all of us. When he unravels himself, he brings you and says, look at how you are. So let your, the view of God become your view as well. I can tell you, God has a good report concerning your life, concerning your family, even concerning your health. Praise the Lord. That is why you go in scripture, you will not find apostles asking God to heal people. They were healing people because they understood what was made available to them. Let's stand and just pray together.